Hi, everyone. It's Robert Poole with the Growing Your B2B Small Business Podcast. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever implemented a new tactic that seemed like it was really paying off well, but then you wake up a year later and you realize that you're actually losing money or it's just not coming close to what you thought it would? I know I have. Let's talk about the concept of ROI and how we can use it to vastly increase the speed of growth of our companies. Have a small business that sells to other businesses? If so, you probably know that there are plenty of resources for companies that market to consumers or companies that sell to large and Fortune 500 type companies. But what about the small businesses in the middle who sell to other companies? Where do we go to get answers? How do we grow our company consistently while still keeping our sanity? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine to five job. You're one of the heroes in our society, and you should be proud of it. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Okay, everyone, I hope you're having an awesome day. In the last uh, couple of episodes, we talked about how to effectively get into front of decision makers, which is sort of the holy grail in sales. Today, I want to talk about something that's really bitten our company over the years and cost us a lot of money, quite frankly. You know, I also see this very frequently with our clients, so it's, I know it's not just us. And that issue is return on investment or ROI. You know, that may sound simple or trivial, but if you stick with me, I think you'll see that some of the potential problems, the consequences of not having a handle on it, and some of the solutions how to mitigate those problems. So let's uh, start with some basics so we're all on the same page, you know. Um, so what is ROI? You know, in its simplest terms, you know, it, basically it's what do you get in return for an investment in your business? Basically, you put in a unit of value into something and you get X units out of it. So, you know, what do I mean by unit? I mean, this could be dollars, you know, the easiest way to quantify, like you put in $100, you get back 110 and your ROI is 10%. But harder to quantify, but just as important are things like reputation changes, internal morale, financial stability, room for growth. Uh, and then you have to look at opportunity cost, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. But one of the really main components of ROI that you have to start with is what I call um, LTVC, which is lifetime value of a client. And yet, very few owners could tell you off the top of your head what that value is. You know, you kind of get that famous blank stare or the pause on the phone. It's so important that we started asking it as part of our client interview process before we'll take on a client, and almost no one can tell us with certainty what it is. I mean, it's not a dig on business owners, but it's just reality because I know, you know, I've been there. You know, there are two parts to the ROI equation, and one is the investment you're making, of course, and the other is the payoff. If you don't know the payoff, you can't complete the other side of the equation and you really know nothing. And we'll talk about how to determine this in a second. Let's, you know, take an example. Let's look at any current marketing tool you use. I mean, do you know what the ROI is on that strategy versus another option? I mean, most people couldn't tell you that, including me in some areas of our company. So again, you know, like I talk about in this podcast, I always like to look at the problems or challenges in a sort of a four process or four step uh, framework. First, you know, we've got to identify the problem. Sounds simple, but the bigger the investment of resources, the more time should be spent on identifying and solving the problem. You know, we tend to jump into solutions without spending enough time on actually identifying all the issues with the problem, and which is kind of a backwards way of looking at it. So if you look at that lifetime value of a, a client or a customer, you know, you've got, you know, every investment is really dependent on this. And the more accurate this number is, the better you're able to figure out where to put our resources. Uh, which we'll talk about in a second. And this can take some work. I mean, the first time especially, but it's well worth the time. You know, in simple terms, you can take a look at your QuickBooks or whatever software you use or ask your, you know, accountant and 
you know, take your total revenue over a year or whatever and divide it by the number of clients who account for that revenue. You know, if you have repeat clients that are on some kind of recurring subscription or are repeat buyers, you know, you're going to have multiple, maybe multiple years you may even look at. So for instance, we have clients who just engaged our company, and then we have those who have been in with us for two decades. You know, take the same period, add up all the revenue from the clients who account for that revenue and divide it by the total of those clients, and there you have it. I mean, that's kind of a rudimentary and quick and dirty, but it is a baseline to start with to give you an idea. If your product is, you know, uh, or service is usually a one-time or an infrequent purchase type of thing, then you can do a similar analysis, but over a shorter period of time. I mean, and you can go crazy with this. You get very specific on it. But, you know, on a basic level, you have to absolutely know what your average customer's value is to your company. I mean, what's the average revenue for each product or service that it brings in and, you know, a few other numbers. And these are you know, really the lifeblood of your company. And, you know, as a business owner, you can't really use the cop out that, you know, you're not a numbers person and, you know, that's something the accountant handles. I mean, these are some of the numbers that, you know, I mean, this is your main role as a leader of your company knowing where to put your resources without having this background knowledge. So you're just gambling and kind of guessing and you'll eventually get bit and probably go out of business at some point. So, you know, we talked about that's one half of the equation. The other half is, you know, what are the investments that you're making and, you know, what type of investments are we talking about? I mean, the obvious one is money, you know, how much in real dollars does this particular tactic or strategy cost us? You know, and we need to factor in not just upfront costs, but things like maintenance of keeping that strategy going and you know, and then I always put in a significant fudge factor, I, you know, I mean, you know, this can be adjusted over time, but you have to start somewhere and with a guess based upon, you know, experience and research. But that fudge factor is usually typically and what I use is 20 to 30 percent because it can be that far off when you're starting out until you have those numbers. Um, the second, you know, category of investments, I'd say is time. And we tend not to look at this very closely because it's again, it's a little bit harder to track. But, you know, in past podcasts, I've talked about, you know, how really everyone at your company uh, has an hourly rate, and that includes you. Uh, you know, basically, it's the time each person is involved, and in, you know that should be quantified in dollars. Money is really a, a time accelerant. The more we can invest prudently, the more time we can save, and the faster we can do things, the greater the return is, and vice versa. You know, a, a lot of times we think, well, you know, I'll just do it myself, or you know, Mary can do it on top of her other stuff. But there really are consequences to that, and there's real costs involved in it. And then, you know, there's sort of the category of resources that are not monetarily, you know, um, besides, you know, time and labor, you know, you have to take other things into account. Things like the, you know, the effect on your reputation as a company, the morale of your current customers, how they feel about your company, you know, and the internal team, you know, what, what effect does this have on them? Because they really are the lifeblood of your company. You know, the, have to look at things like liquidity of resources. I mean, if you invest in a very expensive piece of equipment that, you find out it doesn't pay off the, you know, the way you thought it would, very hard to dump it and get our money back, or at least, you know, it's gonna be a huge hit to the value. And finally, there's opportunity cost. I mean, this is a big one that I know I forget and a lot of our clients that we deal with forget about. And opportunity cost is really using a resource, whether that's money or time or or general resources. And, you know, if you took the same amount of resources and put it into something else, could you get a better return on that alternative? And by choosing one, you're necessarily not choosing the other. So if we look at them, we might find that, you know, we're getting a better return on print ads, for instance, than we are online ads. You know, we're burning money if we throw resources at the wrong tactic. So that's kind of identifying the problem. But, you know, I mean, why is that a problem, you know? And, you know, let's start with why do we not track the ROI sometimes? And, you know, 
let's face it, sometimes reality really kind of sucks and we don't want to hear the bad news as long as we're totally, you know, moving forward and, you know, we want good stuff to happen. And sometimes it's easier to just stick our heads in the sand and, you know, I don't want to know the numbers. But if the ROI isn't good, you know, we've got to find something else that's superior. And that, you know, that again, isn't always easy. So it can be kind of depressing if you look at it that way. ROI can also be tricky to figure out and, you know, a, really a pain initially to track. So, you know, I found when we were starting out as a company, I didn't feel like we needed to track all these numbers because it's like, you know, my business and partner and I kind of went by the philosophy of, hey, you know, let's increase the rate of water coming out of the spigot to outpace what's going down the drain. And that works for a while, but, you know, it'll catch up with you before you know it. And like a lot of things in business, it's about the basics. You know, if you don't do it when you're starting out and you're only making 50K, it's unlikely you're going to be doing it when you're making 500K and it's a lot harder to change. You know, and not to mention, you probably could have gotten to 500K much faster by consistently evaluating things. Sometimes we feel like we, you know, even have to diversify our marketing. So we'll do print or online ads, cold calling and content marketing. Because, you know, our ego says, well, I should be doing all these things. You know, if it brings in, you know, a few customers, it's worth it. Or, you know, this is a big one. I know I've fallen for it early on, particularly. You know, we feel like kind of big shots because we're advertising on TV or the Wall Street Journal or whatever. You know, and it, again, it tends to get more small business owners early on as we're looking some, for some kind of affirmation of our success. And sometimes, you know, the investments sort of boost our ego, but they don't make sense if you look at the ROI. So next step in the, the framework of problem solving is look at the consequences of not fixing the problem. I mean, what happens if we don't know or, or analyze our ROI? You know, if we're figuring out the ROI on office supplies and we find that we could do better switching to a different, you know, provider or get a discount using a different um, vendor or whatever. I mean, how much time, energy and dollar costs are doing the valuation, switching vendors and so on? I mean, if you're saving, you know, $1,000 a year by switching your process and everything and you're doing several millions in revenue, why not worth the investment of time? But if we're spending 20% of our annual revenue on a marketing tactic or our labor, you know, we better make sure that we're getting the best ROI possible. And there is a greater cost up front in doing an evaluation. So you have to pick and choose which to spend your time evaluating. Office supplies, probably not worth the evaluation. But one of your major marketing or sales investments, much more likely that you have to justify that ROI and do an in-depth valuation. You know, if you don't know our ROI, you really can get ourselves in trouble quickly. You know, as an example, as our company, you know, this is probably 10, 12 years ago, but we, we looked at the lifetime value of the client, which we'd never done before. And we found out that it was actually less than what we were spending to acquire. You know, it was, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was like 5,000 was the uh, lifetime value of the client. And, you know, the, the median, uh, not the average, again, uh, tenure of clients was four months. And whenever you're doing these things, look at the medium, not the average. From a mathematical standpoint, it makes more sense uh, for, to get better results. You know, and I think it was uh, the tenure was like four months at the time, which is pretty pathetic. But, you know, it, it took us four, went four months to break even. I mean, we were losing money on average because we didn't pay attention to the numbers because we didn't even know our uh, lifetime value of a client at that point. You know, and the flip side is that if you inject an investment into the right areas, that can really explode your company's growth and fast track things that you looked at the cold, hard numbers on and you could see the justification. Finally, the opportunity cost. In economic terms, that simply means if you took in those same resources and put them to something else, would that other tactic be more profitable? So with going one tactic, you're necessarily diverting those resources that could be used for a different and a potentially better alternative. It's literally a, a, a cost-lost opportunity to do something else. 
For example, you know, you have a sales and marketing budget of 100000 You spend 35 on advertising, 60 on a salesperson, and five on other related expenses. You're necessarily foregoing investing that money in something else. You know, it may be the best use of that money, or it might not be, but you can only find out with pretty deep analysis. And opportunity cost also affects, of course, your liquidity of funds and prevents you from being able to take advantage of future opportunities that aren't necessarily present uh, at that time, but may be in the near future. Opportunity cost is really a big area that we tend to ignore, but it can be largely mitigated by doing some in-depth analysis of what we're doing. So now that we've got, you know, identified the problem clearly, um, why it's a, you know, problem, you know, the different areas in it and, you know, the consequences of fixing it, uh, let's talk about some solutions. You know, so, I mean, how do we practically go about evaluating things? I mean, first, uh, the most important thing is we have to commit to a process of evaluation and be brutally honest with the results. I mean, the numbers don't lie. You know, even if we want them to say something else, you know, we can often be wrong. So commit to not sticking your head in the sand and be realistic. Two, you know, come up with a plan of what major areas need to be evaluated first. I would pick, you know, two of the easiest and biggest marketing techniques, for instance, and compare those two. Get those set up and uh, set up a system for tracking them over time for the future. And then you can move on to other things. Because it's like a lot of things, if you try to do too much at one time, you're just going to give up. You know, and as far as identifying the problem areas and brainstorming solutions, you're not going to cover everything and you don't have to um, balance. So you have to kind of balance the evaluation and the tracking. So make a commitment to sitting down before each significant future investment and walk through the consequences questions to determine if it's even worth evaluating. And once you get in the habit and this becomes part of your decision-making process, it's a lot easier. But, you know, like everything, it's tough and awkward the first few times you do it. So that's kind of future opportunities. But what do you do about current investments? Of course, you, you know, you've got the two major areas, you know, the dollar-related ones, which are the easier. I mean, you can literally look at, you know, the biggest investments on your P&L. And if an area has more than 10% of your revenue, it's likely that it needs to be evaluated. I mean, easy ones, you know, to start with are, you know, dollar ones like advertising or labor of a sales force to get a sale. You know, um, you know for example, let's assume you know your uh, lifetime value of a client uh, is 10K. If you know the average tenure, you'll be able to figure out how much they spend uh, in that first year as well. And if you're evaluating online advertising, you can be spending 30K a year and so on. So the simple math says you have to net three clients per year to break even. It sounds simple. But this is where you need historical data on cost to acquire that new client of that 30K spent on ads. How many verifiable leads did it generate? How many leads did it take to get one client? You know, how long did it take from uh, the initial ad click to the signing of the client? Of those that became clients, how many referrals did those clients bring in that you can quantify and directly relate to that online ad spend? And you know, a lot of times we tend to forget about referrals and you know, sort of the third um, order of consequence. Um, so how much per client acquisition costs in terms of phone sales time, if you have that, that's your process. Uh, you know, the process of the sign-up itself, anything related to that tactic to get the sale. You know, it may be different for each tactic. You know, they have different processes like cold calling versus an online advertising, but you have to evaluate each one of them. So after you crunch all these numbers, you're ultimately going to come to a number that says, hey, for every dollar we spend on ads this year, we're going to get back 150 to, or excuse me, fifty. you know, as an example. And again, you know, this can be depressing, especially if it's, you know, you're expensive your cost is more than what you're bringing in and it also can be very surprising on a positive sense but either way the numbers don't lie and we can't stick our head in the sand on it so we need to look at the final numbers on this tactic and compare it to other tactics 
If you track this over time, you'll find that different tactics also change depending on the amount of money you spend. You may define, or excuse me, you may find that the first 30K you spend, you know, gets a dollar fifty return on a dollar invested. But as you get above 30, it starts to decline, which you especially see in a situation where you have a very small market that can be saturated easily with that particular method of marketing. And yes, this is a ton of math and data analysis and takes time and, and quite frankly, takes skill. You know, unless you're a data analyst for your business and that's your main core business, I really suggest you don't do it yourself and either contract it out or hire somebody to gather, analyze, and track that data. What you need is the summary of numbers to make decisions as a strategic leader of the company. You don't need and shouldn't spend time on the busy work of what's behind those numbers. I mean, that's a lot, but worth the upfront time to do the analysis. So, you know, besides dollar type of things, which are the easier ones to quantify, you have to look at the, the non-dollar investments. Again, these are things like hiring and firing team members, investments in, you know, things that will generate goodwill or reputation, you know, i.e. general advertising, changes in the morale of your team, you know, either negative or positive. Again, the liquidity of resources, time, you know, the big one, employee time can be converted to money as well as your time. So how do you evaluate? Well, the best thing to do is to try to translate it to dollars of units of value, you know, like time, you know, if you can. And the best way to look at this, uh, you know, if you didn't use this tactic, didn't make that investment, what effect would that have? You know, often coming from the, the loss side of things is easier to do. You know, it's the, um, you know, don't know what you got until you lose it type of thing, however that song goes. Again, it's not easy to do, but it's necessary. You know, as an example, let's say, you know, you've got a team member and you have one bad apple that starts to wear down the morale of other team members. People start, you know, showing up late and leaving early because of this investment of a person. How much does that, you know, loss of productivity cost you? I mean, you just make a dollar guess. I mean, there's, there's a reason that, you know, guys like, you know, the uh, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, um, and, you know, the biggest paid athlete uh, in sports right now, you know, um, he is a, he's a great leader and inspires not just his physical skills, but inspires his team and helps bring people up to, you know, improve their game and their productivity. I mean, how much is that worth to you, you know, to bring in a team member that can improve the productivity of the rest of the team? So, you know, non-dollar related ROI analysis is important from a strategic standpoint and should be considered. But, you know, again, it's much harder and takes more work. But so we want to prioritize the easy to, you know, lowest hanging fruit, uh, the dollar quantifiable ones first. So, you know, I know this is a lot and it seems like something, you know, that I know our company struggled with over the years. But as Keith Cunningham says, uh, which I love, you know. Um, we've paid what he calls a lot of stupid tax by sticking our head in the sand and, you know, going by feel and kind of winging it, you know, instead of by reality, the numbers and the facts. But the good news is if you put in some work initially and, you know, it's going to take time, then you're going to get a big payoff by putting your resources in the most profitable areas. And they're going to grow your business much faster than if you try to fly by the seat of your pants. I know that's certainly been true for our company over the years. So that's all I have for today. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening today. I know your time's valuable and it's really an honor to serve you. You know, if you found this content useful, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review with your honest feedback, whether it's good or bad. You know, also, if you're interested in growing your B2B business through direct contact marketing like we do, uh, please call my office at Sales Double and speak to one of our sales representatives. You know, we can chat for a few minutes about your business and what you need most to grow your business, even if it's not our services. And, you know, as a side note, if you listen to this podcast regularly, 
You probably know that I have a little pet peeve about using fancy words to talk in code, so to speak. So we're not going to do a, quote, discovery call or a, quote, strategy call. Just a quick question and answer call. And yes, if we think you're a candidate for our service, we'll try to sell you. But we're not going to hide behind fancy corporate news as we know you're smart enough to see through that. We believe in telling the truth and even if it's not what people want to hear. That said, give us a call at 480-401-1926 if you're interested in talking about how to grow your business and have your best year ever. 